Hello, I'm Gareth, I'm a director with the Society and I'm joined by one of our players today, Alex Whitmore. So Alex is just going to tell us a little bit about the impact of the pandemic on his sort of current mental health and the mental health of all those around us and what we're sort of doing really just to keep everybody positive during these times. So Alex, just tell us a little bit, you know, how, how you sort of cope really with the impact of the pandemic and that. Um, coping probably a lot better now um, than it did, so, you know, last year when it started. Um, obviously it was completely out of the blue, nobody ever experienced anything like it before. Nobody knew how long it was going to be, what it entailed, what any outcome was going to be. Um, you know, but it, it, so I managed to keep myself busy during the first one. Um, you know, as, as time went on and and things, uh, you know, there was no sort of light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, you know, I found things to do in the house and, you know, I've got two dogs that I'm fortunate enough to, to walk and keep me entertained and things like that. Um, you know, as, as, as time's gone on, we're nearly a year on now, um, you know, it, it still appears that it's moving slowly, um, you know, but, you know, fortunately for myself, I've managed to keep myself quite upbeat, you know, I can, I can do fitness stuff um, that's, you know, kept me in reasonable shape. Um, you know, obviously football coming back eventually was a, was a massive uh, boost. Um, how different do you feel it's been since we've been back? So obviously, I mean, I've known him for years and it's a very different environment at the moment compared to the, the football environment we know of, you know, so there's been no team bonding nights mm -hmm. out. You know, there's lots of protocols in place now just for daily things really that seem to make things more of a struggle. It's massive. I mean, the, the football environment, people don't realise how much of a, of a sort of brotherhood it is. Um, you know, you do, you do have your nights out, you have your holidays, you have your... You know, you go for a coffee like together. It's all part and parcel of being a, a good team, um, and a, a, it's a good community. Um, you know, and it's it, it it does it does take away from it when you're just turning up to training and going home. You know, you don't get that social aspect with the boys. Um, you know, you used to be able to come to football in the morning, have your breakfast, train, have your lunch, gym. Like you know, you'd be there most of the day. Really, it, it's sort of you know we tend to be creatures of habit. Really, um, we like the routine of, of being in. You know, but I said uh, uncertainty at the minute is on any given day, you might not be in, um, and it might be like that for a day, it might be like that for 10 days, you know. So the difference between, you know, a year ago and now is, is massive. Um, I do think that, you know, the environment that football is in at the minute is a complete U-turn to what it usually is. And are there any things that you think we're doing as a club or you're doing as lads that you find help sort of decrease the impact of that or some more sort of positive stuff for mental health? Yeah, well, you know, we've managed to, to get with gym sessions done in smaller groups, which means we can still do that, um, which is obviously a big part of football. Um, you know, we've we've done Zoom sessions recently, which is, is good fun. Um, gives you something to look forward to when you are in the house and, you know, if you do happen to be isolating. Um, you know, and, and we... You know, a lot of lads believe it or not are in a PlayStation and things like that. So we, we do keep in touch. Um, we do speak to each other on a regular basis. So, you know, there's not been much time to sort of dwell and, and get down, really. We've managed to sort of stay on our toes and do things as best we can. So you basically um, just found ways of socialising without actually socialising face-to-face, really. What else can you do? You, you've, got to, you've got to make do and, you know, you've got to adapt, really. It's, it's what it is at the minute, you know. One day we'll get back to where we were, but, you know, for the foreseeable, it's not going to happen. So, you know, you can sit around and mope about it and you know or you can get on with it really there's there's not there's nothing else you can do you don't laugh you'll cry so you know it, it's the onus is sort of on yourself and you know the people around you checking on the people and keeping them 
you know, if, if you are if you're fortunate enough to be in a good place mentally, is uh, is bringing people along with you, and uh, you know, if you can sort of rub off on them, uh, it benefits both of you. It's perfect. Thank you very much for your time, mate. Cheers. No worries, Hello everyone, uh, nice to talk to you again, uh, Tom Creswell, uh, uh, Director of the, on the Board of the Society of Sports Therapists. Uh, I'm joined today uh, by Richard Collins, Senior Sports Psychologist with the English Institute of Sport and, uh, and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit Rich Collins is a close friend of mine, uh, which is why I, I'm talking to him about a subject we talk about quite a lot. Um, uh, it, it's, it's time to talk, it's good to talk um, uh, and we're, this week we're talking about um, uh, in, kind of being socially connected and looking after our mental health uh, by reaching out to people. So, so Rich, um, if we can jump off with this kind of statement, you know, how much tr how much truth is there to the old adage of uh, you know a problem shared is a problem halved? Yeah. Hi everyone. Um, yeah. I mean the the amount of um, benefits from being able to to share problems, to talk through concerns, and just generally to the fact with people. Um, there's a whole load of research behind that from a uh, specific kind of from a therapy uh, setting right through to, to helping people maintain positive mental health. Um, and even just starting from a, from a therapy perspective, one of the biggest things from psychological readiness to return to, to sport is around social support and, and people feeling that through the tough times and in their case injury, um, having someone around them that can help them and hear their concerns about their kind of their rehab process um, and actually getting back and maybe their fears of getting back to performing, having someone there to share that with is, is really important. Um, and if they have a team behind them or someone behind them that's supporting them with that, it makes them feel more ready um, when, they're, when they're back to sport. Nice. So what you're, you're kind of tilting towards the fact that our therapists working with patients is not to shy away from the fact that, that we are uh, you know, psychological support as well as technical injury support. Um, almost psychology by proxy that's something we've talked about before um you know absolutely um lots of lots of therapists are a little bit um unsure about themselves acting as uh, sports psychologists and have difficulty accepting that as part of their role is there anything is there anything you can offer in, in that realm as to to almost put them at ease that there isn't an expectation that they are sports psychologists but to recognize the power of the, uh, of them being uh, an ally and being socially connected to their athletes yeah I, th I think the biggest thing is is not to feel like um they're a psychologist just feel like they're a person and they're working with another person um and the biggest thing with with helping people feel supported is just recognizing the holistic whole of them so you might have an injury that you're working with, or I might have a psychological sport situation that I'm working with. But actually, if we work with a person first and build a really good foundation of support, so you develop trust with them, they trust you, they enjoy spending time with you, end up they'll be more engaged with you. If you do all of that first, then actually the work you do, the profession that you do with them, actually is probably going to be better. So I think that the take home from that is work with a person that's in front of you. If you work with that person the athletic work you're doing with them will probably just resolve itself um, because they'll trust and engage with the stuff you're doing. And it, me as the therapist trying to like close close the loop on that information, I'm thinking, well, where do I start with that? And it sounds to me like in, in my therapy world that I want to start with my, my really solid biopsychosocial assessment because also in that I learn so much about the patient's life that the, the way I've always found in to building rapport initially is I find common ground. You know, you're never one or two 
you know connections apart from something in you know having some sort of similarity or something in common with your patients and a really good biopsychosocial assessment seems to help uncover that that common ground is it how, um, just to put you on the spot here and maybe draw us to a close you know is it okay to almost to weaponize that information and deliberately use it you know to, to deliberately build rapport so you're not just waiting for that patient that you happen to become friends with but to deliberately use the information they give you to as a lever to create trust uh, to build oh, social connections absolutely if, if you've got someone who you know talks to you a lot about the time they're spending with friends family they go out and they do things you've got someone who's indicating to you that being around people energizes them so therefore, if you are someone that can be there with them and be an energy with them, they're going to leave your sessions with energy. If they're talking about actually, you know, maybe when they leave your, your sessions or discussion, they're like, oh, I feel much, I feel much better. Or they look a bit more relaxed, then you know that, that they enjoy people to help relax them. And that's really important is to work out what role do you play? Are you energizing or are you relaxing them? And I think that, that comes around quite nicely is also from a mental health perspective is when your friends and a family, you know what they're like, you know how they respond to your presence or your not presence. Use your presence to relax them, to energize them. And particularly in times where maybe we can't get out to do what we need to do with traveling or we have lockdowns or anything else, actually connecting with people and helping them develop their mental health and keep positive in their mental health is, is really important. Nice, Rich. That's enough clever for one day. Um, yeah, thanks very much for your help. And uh, no I, I, we may have to call on you uh, sometime in the future for more on subjects like this. That was great. Thanks very much. No problem. Thanks, Phil. Cheers.